Well, hello there. You might be wondering what a Nat Geo documentary has to do with counseling. We're going to talk about it as we hit it today on Reframed. Well, hey gang, welcome back to another episode of Reframed Podcast. It's so good to have you guys back listening and, uh, you know, join the conversation here um, on this particular podcast. Now, for any of you that are brand new listeners, first off, you're, you're so welcome here. We are happy to have you here. This is a podcast where we use, you know, pop culture media to talk about mental health themes issues, topics, and anything and everything pretty much in between. Now, just a brief little disclaimer. Now, I am a licensed professional counselor here in the state of Texas, here in the United States. And, you know, even though I am a counselor, I'm not your counselor. So please don't let this show replace, you know, actual counseling, actual therapy that you might get from a trained mental health professional uh, through a professional relationship that you set up um, you know, in that regard. So, uh, with that, welcome, 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 welcome as we, um, you know, go ahead and dive right on in. So, um, you know, this show we've, we've kind of evolved, you know, as time has gone on with, with a variety of different things, you know, we've, we've talked about, um, you know, start an episode of Star Trek, the next generation was our very first episode, uh, for the podcast. And, you know, we've, we've done that. We've done home improvement or not home improvement. We've done home alone. I hope we're going to eventually do home improvement. Cause I love that show by the way. And I'm sure most of y'all listening do as well. Um, but you know, we've, we've gone through, uh, quite a few topics just in the, in the time that we've been, you know, on the air doing this thing in podcast land. So, um, you know, this time we're going to, we're going to take, um, maybe like a slight detour. Um, I don't know how pop culture-y culturally there we go this actually is but you know we're going to to talk about a documentary that um, it's been around for like a hot second um, I know that it can be viewed um, you know on on, a, on certain streaming services and you can download it wherever and buy it wherever um, this was a documentary that I had to watch um, for a class uh, earlier this year uh, for uh, I think it was my qualitative research class that I took. And, you know, this this particular piece of media came up uh, in a way through some work that I was doing with one of my clients recently. And uh, I'll, I'll get to more of that here in, um, you know, in just a little bit, um, you know, as we as we really dive into like the meat and potatoes of this uh, of this sort of thing. Um now, uh, there are, of course, some, you know, other, other bits that we should probably talk about. Um, and, and, you know, we, we live in a time where there's this, you know, once in a century, I hope, knock on wood, right? This once in a century pandemic, um, you know, that we're, we're seeing that we're experiencing as a, as a global community, um, you know, pretty much every continent, save for Antarctica, 
Um, I mean, I don't know. There could be some penguins that have the Rona. I don't know. Um, but pretty much every continent on the planet is is experiencing not just the physical, the medical implications of of COVID-19, but also like there are mental challenges, like mental disorders and mental health issues that are arising as a result or have arisen as a result of the Rona. Now, um, when we talk some mental health news that's out there, of course, you know, COVID is, is the thing that is all over, you know, the media, um, for the most part, right? I mean, we're, we're still, we're getting that. I mean, of course we're getting other pieces of information, uh, from, you know, protests and, you know, move, uh, you know, various, various civil movements that are going on right now and in parts of the world, um, such as the United States, but by and large, COVID-19 is the thing that is directly impacting everything all over the map right now. And there's, um, there's one piece of, of news, um, that, that has been coming out. Um, there's, there's a rumor and I haven't, um, heard all the details about it, but there's a rumor going on. There's like possibly some early findings going on that there could be some cognitive, um, difficulties that could arise as a result of having COVID. Now, what that means longitudinally, what that means long term, I don't know at this point. Um, it, the the information is still forthcoming. Uh, now, I'm not here to spe- spread fear or anything like that because we don't know, and we don't want to be um, ignorant. We certainly don't want to be naive to it, but we gotta just take take some of the stuff with a grain of salt until it develops more. Um, so if there are going to be long-term cognitive or you know, whatever type of implications, like with the brain or whatever, then, then it is what it is. And we'll, we'll have to, you know, take it as it comes. There's one, there's one article that I came across. So with that, let's get right into the channel 49 news. There's you know, a spike in children's mental health disorders that's connected to the stress of this you know COVID nineteen era that we're you know we're occupying that we're we're living in presently, and um, just going to read you know some of this article, uh, not the whole thing because it's it's just too much to just straight up read all of it, but it's it's saying that local psychologists are tracking a spike in mental health disorders in children due to the stress of living in this you know COVID era. Uh, one expert tells um, that many of these kids are experiencing anxiety and depression for the very first time. And um, uh, there's someone named um, Alicia Galvez who um, is quoted as saying, it's been a challenge for sure. It's been a challenge um, for, you know, for the kids and the families in this particular community. And uh, Galvez in this particular article is concerned for her children's mental health with coronavirus completely disrupting their everyday life and normal routines. It's definitely a thing we've talked about. One of the ways we've tried to mitigate that is we've incorporated some yoga into our life. Now, for some people, yoga is is great. People are all aboard the yoga train. Um, others are not. Um, but I think the, the main thing is like, you know, if you can incorporate something into your life to, you know, give you some kind of of, you know, like peace, um, some mindfulness, some relaxation, 
um, it's going to be it's going to be a benefit for you, uh, no matter how you slice it. So, um, you know, for some people, they practice like a spiritual discipline, like prayer and my, and you know meditation. Um, some people they're doing you know like running and biking and things of that nature. They're doing martial arts. They're doing whatever it is that they do to kind of help with their own health and their own mental outlook, right? Because if when we exercise, it's firing off endorphins and it's causing our brain to have like that good feeling. That's what endorphins do. They, they help us uh, feel good, uh, basically. Um, sunshine um, contributes to that as well. And, you know, combination of, you know, being out for 15, 20, 30 minutes um, at least per day. You know, if you can do that multiple times a day, that's going to be a one up for you, right? Uh, with with like your overall health and, and, and feeling of well-being. Um, anyway, um, you know, when parents, the article continues saying that parents, if they're feeling stressed, that kids can pick up on it. And so that anxiety can start to increase. And um, one Swedish medical, uh, medical group, psychologist, Dr. Haley Quinn, um, has been um, recorded as saying that a lack of structural and social interaction is contributing to mood disorders in children and saying that younger kids says that in younger kids it can manifest with tantrums or becoming aggressive. So what does that really mean? Um, you know, like play, you know, if we're looking at this from again, we're, we're, we're coming at this from like a mental health, we're coming at it from like a counseling perspective. Children do not have the same vocabulary and robust vocabulary to be able to adequately express and explain what it is that's going on with them. So it manifests in their play. So for children, their play is their work and their work is their play. It is so incredibly vital for children to be able to play. Um, Recess is a good thing. Time outside playing is a good thing. Um, not necessarily playing video games. Video games can be good, but we're talking like actual play, running around, tumbling around, basketball, football, soccer, right? I'm using these American terms. I know I have international listeners, but you know, like sport, you know, athletic type stuff, running around, having a good time, being a quote unquote kid. Okay. Um, of course there are going to be, you know, certain abnormalities where some kids might not be able to do that due to physical restrictions. Okay. I understand that. I'm not naive to that, but play is so important. If it's playing with blocks and Legos, that's good too, because that's, they can express themselves in their play. Again, play is their language. And when, when the kids can't play, when they, or when there's a hindrance to play, when they don't have the vocabulary to express what's going on, it's going to come across with more aggressive play, more tantrums, more outbursts. So play is, is vital. And, um, uh, Dr. Quinn, uh, which is kind of funny because there's a show called Dr. Quinn medicine woman. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, Dr. Quinn has said that younger kids are going to have more of those acting out behaviors, whereas older kids are able to verbalize, um, feeling, worried or upset, like I was saying, right? Like younger kids, younger children. Uh, and we're talking about up to, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old uh, when 
when they're going to be, you know, around 10, 11, 12 is really when they can start to verbalize what the heck is going on. Not that it couldn't happen at eight or nine, but it's just more likely whenever you're reaching late childhood and early adolescence. Um, and that with this COVID era that we're in, anxiety and depression may even increase for this upcoming school year. Um, I know that right now in the United States, I can't speak for places like South Africa, the UK, um, Canada or Mexico, but like specifically for the United States where, where I live, there is a lot of concern regarding what's going to happen with these kiddos when school starts back up in August and September, because there are parents that don't want these kids going back to school because of the Rona. And rightly so there, there is concern about that. And, and this back and forth of, can the kids get it? Can they not get it? And, and anyways, um, part of what, what can help with this stress and this anxiety um, and this, even this depression that these these kids, as this particular article is is talking about, is one way to help is having more structure home. You know, spending quality time with your kiddos and trying to find, you know, different ways that you can invest in in these activities that they're passionate about. Um, even if that means you know you gotta you gotta hop on you know uh, Vimeo or um, what's it called Vimeo or, or YouTube to figure out how to do something. Um, you know, the thing, the thing that I'll talk about with my regular clients, you know, that I see in my practice, Pathfinder Counseling and Consulting, um, as well as online. So I do in-person and online counseling um, from a brick and mortar, as well as with uh, betterhelp.com. And, um, you know, boundaries are good. Kids need boundaries, people, period need boundaries because when there are boundaries that are in place it means that you know what the limits are there's a safety net that is created as a result of having boundaries and rules in place and when you have it the kids can do better there when that, that's kind of speaking to that structure piece that this article is talking about so it's important to have that is what i'm really saying i, I think i've made my point very clear um, so you might not be crazy about basketball okay, or football. I am not a football fan. Okay. So don't at me, bro, but I'm not an American football fan. I'm a baseball guy. You know, my daughter, she, endo- she enjoys, you know, baseball and, and wanting to watch baseball and, and stuff as well. I mean, and she's young. Um, so it makes it easy for me, but you know, even if she didn't, if, if she didn't like baseball and she liked you know, soccer or football or something that I'm not too crazy about, it would be in my best interest to, to make every opportunity for my kid, for my daughter to have an outlet. And I I guess that's one thing that I'm kind of encouraging, um, in a, in a roundabout kind of way is, you know, make time for your kids. Um, cause whenever they feel as though, whenever they, they feel like they're being known by their parents, by their loved ones, whomever might be taking care of them. And that includes teachers. There's a higher likelihood that they're going to be doing better in whatever it is that they're doing. So, um, so it's, it's kind of a no brainer in a sense. Um, anyway, I think I'm kind of getting off track, but the article kind of, um, starts to finish out that, um, multiple experts kind of underscore that when parents struggle with mental health, 
so can their children, adding that mental health or I'm sorry, mental illnesses can be genetic. They advise you to have a lot of self-compassion on yourself and to reach out to your primary care provider if you and your children are struggling with mental health. And the thing that that I find very interesting, um, that, that it's not really inter- interesting, but it's just kind of cool, is that when when the Rona became a thing, when COVID-19 was becoming more and more of a thing, uh, you know, in, in the spring of, of 2020, um, it was it was shortly thereafter that various online counseling platforms and various practices were starting to assess, you know, is your mental health being directly impacted because of COVID-19? And you would have, you know, some people say no, but a good majority of them would say yes or maybe. So there is, there, there's a connection between, you know, being inside more, being away from people more, um, and just, you know, having to do everything through, you know, teleconferencing, like, you know, your Zooms, your Skypes, your Facebook uh, video messaging, stuff like that, uh, that, you know, as a people, we are meant to be in relationship with each other. We're meant to be in connection where we are social beings. And for kids, you know, the school thing, that is their social outlet. You know, whether it like, in, again, in the United States, if you're in, you know, a 4-H, you're in you know, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts type of thing, that could be a social outlet, again, along with athletics, right? Like your soccer, your t-ball, your football, things like that. Those could be your outlets. And, you know, having all these, I mean, this is just scratching the surface. This is not an exhaustive list of like what's contributing to this depression, this anxiety. But it's, it's, it's an opportunity for us to kind of become more aware of it more deliberately with with how the ki- how our kids are doing how the youth of the world are doing based on whatever cultural context we live in based on the part of the world that we're in right so like i can only speak about america i can't speak about you know south africa or or, or even the african continent or or you know the uk or or anywhere else you know i'm seeing what i'm seeing here Um, So if you if you have any kind of influence, if you can just, you know, if you have some children or you're, you know, you volunteer with with youth wherever you live, you know, maybe make an extra attempt to to connect with them, you know, and and have a good time. You know, go go play basketball with your kids or or, you know, organizations that you're you're in um, if you're able to. Right. I mean, of course, like don't go against, um, you know, state and national uh, mandates. I mean, be safe, do what you got to do. But this is something to be deliberately aware of um, as this thing continues and as we continue to learn about it and, you know, make sense of it. So um, anyway, thanks, guys. Now, for for this next segment, as we as we move slowly but surely into the reframed portion of this particular podcast, you know, like I was, like I was teasing before, uh, there was a recent session that I had and it, it just kind of dovetailed kind of, kind of well, like kind of unintentionally. And uh, that has to do with some, some rock climbing. And we're going to talk about rock climbing, what a Nat Geo documentary has to do with mental health, as I teased. So um, 
with that, here we go. So Free Solo is a 2018 American documentary film that's directed by um, someone I cannot pronounce their name, um, Elizabeth Chai uh, Vassar-Heligi and Jimmy Chin, that profiles rock climber Alex Honnold on his quest to perform a free solo climb of El Capitan in June 2017. This particular film premiered at the Telluride Film Festival on August 31st, 2018 and also screened at the 2018 Toronto International Film Festival, where it won the People's Choice Award in the Documentaries category. It was released in the U.S. on September 28, 2018, where it received positive reviews from critics and grossed over $28 million. The film received numerous accolades, including winning Best Documentary Feature at the 91st Academy Awards. Um, a couple, a couple bits as it relates to, um, you know, reception of this particular thing, um, and the production. So the film it devotes um, some, most of its time documenting its own um, process. So like how, you know, like the challenges of not endangering this particular climber of of Alex Honnold, um, you know, by with distraction and pressuring him and, and things of that nature. And um, anyway, so this particular film, it grows $17.5 million in the U.S. and Canada and $11.1 million in other uh, parts of the world for a total worldwide gross of $28.6 million. And, um, you know, with Rotten Tomatoes, this particular film has a 97% uh, rating based on 144 reviews with an average rating of 8.2 out of 10. Um, and the website's critical consensus um is recorded as saying that free solo depicts athletic feats that many viewers will find beyond reason and grounds the attempts in passions that are all but universal. And, um, anyway, this is a, this is a phenomenal documentary. Uh, I remember, uh, kind of freaking out for like a hot second, um, <laughs> here and there while watching it. Um, like I was saying at the beginning, this was a documentary that I had to, to watch for one of my, my classes that I was taking, uh, regarding qualitative research and that, um, it, it, it was, it was a fun, fun watch. Um, it's, it's on various streaming services. Um, and I think I watched this one like on Disney plus or something like that and under the Nat Geo section. So wherever you can find it, um, I encourage you to, to check it out. Um, so I guess we should probably get into it. You know, we talked a little, I, I mentioned briefly like production, some box office stuff and like some of the reception of it. Um, first off, you know, watching it, it's, it's kind of cool. Cause like, especially if you've never been to Yosemite, um, it, it, Yosemite national park in the United States, it is, it's pretty cool. My, my closest, uh, connection to Yosemite was watching um, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, when Captain Kirk, Spock, and uh, McCoy, they were all um, on shore leave after everything that had happened in the prior two films. 
Um, they were getting some downtime. They were camping at Yosemite, and Captain Kirk himself, played by William Shatner, well, he was doing his own free solo attempt um, because it was there, is what his character says. Uh, like, why are you climbing this? Because it's there. And that that was literally, that's literally been my only, um, I guess, my only exposure to this particular park and to El Capitan, which is the 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 particular mountain that is is being attempted to be you know overcome basically, and I think there there's at least one or two things that we could take from from what we see in Free Solo, and and even you know between Star Trek and 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 of course, this this particular documentary is, you know, it's why are you trying to do this? Well, because it's there, type of thing. Um, Captain Kirk, you know, he wanted to to just try and overcome this giant obstacle. And I think there are so many of us that there is a seemingly insurmountable obstacle that is in front of us. And we just got, we get stuck on, on like, how are we going to do this? This is impossible. I can't get past this. I won't get past this. Everyone that's ever tried has always failed. And I think that that's, that's part of the thing is like, there's been so many failures in a person's life that a person has convinced themselves that, no, I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to do this. Because no one else has been able to do this. So why why am I going to be any different in attempting to overcome this? Whatever this is, right? Insert what your this is as you're listening to this particular episode, right? Um, you know, for some it might be, you know, relationships and, you know, history of divorce in your family. It could be substance use. It could be anything. You know, like you, you're, you're experiencing all of these failures all around you. They've all been modeled to you. And all you can see is this giant mountain that's right in front of you that you want to climb, you want to overcome. And, you know, as I was, as I was having a conversation with one of my, my clients that I worked with, you know, there was, there were, there were certain aspects, um, to what had been going on. And we had been talking about a variety of things with like a similar theme and thread that had run through all the stuff for, um, for them. And it all had to do with a relationship. And one thing that they were would be talking about is how, you know, there, there was a concern that, hey, if I go to this town, I go to this place, I might run into this person. And the anxiety and the the headspace that they might be in 
as a result of that. And, and part of the conversation that came about was me kind of saying, like, you know, I have this idea. I have this image that's kind of in my head. Would you mind if I share it with you? And and what that was, was, you know, like, you might, you, you I, I see you as someone that's doing rock climbing. It's doing bouldering, like a, like a rock wall type of thing. And you, you're really good at it. And you've been hooked into this person that you've been on belay with for a while. And even though you've been on belay with them, now that they're not in your life, you're, you're having to learn to, you know, climb on your own again, which is a freeing, but also terrifying thing for you. But what's most important, the way that I'm, I see it, the way I experience you, is that you are a skilled and excellent rock climber. So what in the world do I mean by that? You know, perhaps you've been able to do a free solo before, you know, where you can go climb a rock wall, you can go climb the side of a a mountain or a hill or whatever without any, any, you know, rope, any harness. But perhaps, you know, along the way, you've had to be hooked in so that you could learn the way things go. But regardless of whether a person is hooked in or not, doesn't change the ability, the skill that a person has, that you, dear listener, have in what you do. And and the person that is on belay, the person that's on the ground, that they're in a harness also, that you're connected to, they might be the person that provides support to you, that lifts you up, and that catches you when you fall, when you when you experience failure or a setback. At the same time, perhaps part of your skill and ability is that you're comfortable or that you've learned to be comfortable more with being on belay than you were before. And you've, you've questioned your own skills, your own abilities to do things, to overcome things because you've moved away. And you've relied more on someone else than you have in yourself. And it's impacted your confidence and your esteem. Now, I want you to hear me clearly. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being on belay whenever you're rock climbing. Okay, it's a safety measure. 
you know, in this in this particular documentary that we we watch, that we experience, Alex Honnold, he he goes about doing various, you know, exploratory climbs himself where he's hooked into someone else, where he's following a path of someone else. But there are times in this documentary where he has to go from, you know, being on his own or being connected to someone and then being on his own to really test his own ability. So perhaps you're listening to this and you're like, man, I just, you know, we're, we're in this, this time and place in the world where I used to be okay with being around people. But now that I've been in my house, I've been in my apartment, my pole barn, whatever it's been, for some reason, I just get anxious being around people now. Perhaps there's come a time where you've stopped trusting yourself and your ability Now, if we stick with this particular metaphor of rock climbing, dear listener, I want you to listen to me right now. Okay, tune your ears in real quick. I want you to hear my heart as I say this. You are an excellent rock climber. You are an excellent rock climber. And perhaps that message isn't for you. Perhaps that's a message that you need to share with a friend or a family member that might be doubting themselves. Each and every single one of us have a skill set, have a set of abilities that another person doesn't or doesn't have you know, the same measure of. And even with Alex, this bodacious, prodigious, rock climber he studied things he paid attention to things he followed the path of other people and at times he had to make his own deviations his own split second decisions on what to do and there might be some of you out there where you know you might be in your 20s your 30s or whatever age you might be and there might be this societal pressure of like well shoot if I'm not you know, engaged and married by the, by my mid twenties and have a kid by the time I'm in my thirties, then I've failed. You know, that might be the, the 20, the mid twenties and early thirties might be the path that most people take. That might be the path that all these prior rock climbers have taken, but perhaps you have to do part of that and then make your own deviation to get to where you need to go to help you get to the top of El Capitan as you perform your own free solo of this mountain called life. So whether you're with someone or you eventually find someone, I'll bet you a buck or six donuts that there's someone that is going to have the same skill, if not greater skill than you, that's going to help move you along. That could free solo with you. That could be on belay with you in whatever it is that you choose to do. 
So I don't know who needs to hear this, this particular message, who needs to listen to this episode, but I'd encourage you to, to pass this along to someone that might be feeling that anxiety, that might be doubting themselves. And yes, it might be nerve-wracking climbing this mountain. I mean, it was literally nerve-wracking watching this movie, watching this documentary. It's a great documentary. All y'all listening, highly encourage you to check it out on whatever you know streaming platform you can get your hands on. Great. It's, it's a great documentary. Um, it, it's very well done. And I'm not going to spoil on whether or not Alex does it or not. Um, you'll have to watch it for yourself to find out. So, um, sorry. <laughs> I know some of y'all listening that have watched it because, you know, we're in the same class and we had to watch it so you know what the outcome was. But, again, whether you're on belay, whether you're hooked in to a line with someone or not, you are an excellent rock climber. So guys, guys and gals out in listener land, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this um, episode. I know this is more of a brief episode of Reframed. Um, if you like what you heard, you know, consider liking and subscribing to, um, to us on Podbean, on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you might listen to podcasts. Um, it really means a lot to us. And, um, you know, if, if you have some of your own stories, like if, if this somehow resonates with you, um, or a friend of yours, please let us know. I'd love to feature, you know, a message or a reaction on, on a future episode with beyond the frame, um, and our beyond the frame section, um, of the show. You can do that. Uh, you can message us, um, by type, by emailing us at reframedpod at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Reframed Pod. And, um, you know, if you'd like to to send us a voice voice message, maybe leave a little voicemail for us, you can do that. Um, you can do that by calling 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute time limit, and uh, again, your comments will likely be used on a future episode of Reframed. So guys and gals out this morning, thank you, thank you, thank you. As we go, always remember to take care and stay safe.